Good evening, everybody. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford, and you are listening to a special post-game edition of All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in to our show this evening as we will be doing these shows post-game for the Toledo Walleye postseason run on Facebook Live, as well as here on the Anchor Network. So tonight's show is unedited, uncensored, and full of content. So enjoy the show. Let's get at it. Guess who's back? All in the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Dumbino. Hit to a home run. Go, Jack. That's way back. Put some Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. <sighs> Tough ending tonight at the Huntington Center. Tough ending for the Fish this evening. As they fall in overtime tonight to the Utah Grizzlies. And now are down get one nothing in this series. As this is a special post-game edition of All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher. However you are listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. As well as a special Facebook Live edition of the program tonight. Now for the next couple games we will be doing a special post-game edition on our Facebook Live to let you, the fans, chime in to what you saw tonight at the Huntington Center. Now, it is a huge game tonight, the start of the Western Conference Final. It was a huge night, a sellout crowd of over 8,396 in attendance at the Huntington Center this evening. And they saw something that was absolutely, I will say, decent in all standing. Now, had a chance to go to the game was with my uh, my sister and my and my brother in law. We all went to the game. Sat in section one thirteen. Uh, great seats. I want to thank Phil Bennett by the way for those seats. I also want to thank uh, all those that were in attendance for the game tonight and the sellout the Huntington Center yet again. It was absolutely fantastic to see. It was absolutely fantastic to see. So the fact that this game. The, the walleye were off for a full week. They have been off since last Thursday. It has been, we have been off for seven days, or excuse me, eight days since we've had hockey in downtown Toledo. And to, to me, we looked very, very rusty in the first period of this game. Honestly, it was one of those games to me that just felt like, you know, they were just kicking the tires, getting all the getting the rust off, and getting going. And it started off pretty simply. By the way, eight thousand three hundred seventy-three in attendance in the game tonight. Three eight thousand three hundred and seventy-three. It all started at the 10-23 mark of the period. Utah jumping out to an early. One nothing lead. And it was a tip shot. Went past Billy Christopoulos uh, as it was Tyler Penner getting his 
first of the playoffs. It assisted by Nate Kerman and Dakota Raby. And it was one nothing Utah. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of, you know, a lot of hit and miss calls throughout the first period of this game. I figured that maybe there would be an opportunity for, you know, to finally catch up. But unfortunately, the fish did capitalize as Randy Gazzola, with less than a minute to play in the period, gives the fish the tie, getting a beating minor in the back of the net. Gazzola from Martinet and Albert, and after 20 minutes of play, it was 1-1. The Fish jump out to an early lead in the midway, the beginning of the second period, the 4-16 mark of the period. Hawkins getting a pass from Hensick, burying it. Pass, minor. It's 2-1 Fish. Now, we fi I felt like the Fish could get back, they're getting back into the swing of things. The first 10 minutes... Uh, myself and a friend of mine, Logan Carr, who has been on the podcast many of times, was at attendance. We were both chatting back and forth, text messaging back and forth, and we both agreed that the first 10 minutes of this of the first period, we felt like, you know, they were just getting the rust off. And thank God that they got the rust off and jumped out to that early lead in the second period. However, Utah then responds back at the 10.06 mark of the second period as Benjamin Tardif getting it unassisted Beating Billy Christopoulos, and it's 2-2 halfway through the second. But then on the power play, a bad call, a bad break for the Grizzlies as Brent McKenzie beats Miner from Josh Dickinson and Cam Clark on the po Wendy's power play at the 15-15 mark of the second period, and it's 3-2 Fish. However, that lead did not last long as Kyle Pouncey getting his, for his goal his at the 16:35 mark of the second period from Dakota Raby and Miles Garon, and it's 3-3 after 40 minutes of play. Utah then capitalizes again in the third period, just six minutes into that period, as Dylan Freeze getting his goal from Connor McDonald, making it a 4-3 Grizzlies lead, and it was back and forth, back and forth, going end-to-end -end action. And the Fish capitalize with under under 10 minutes to play in the game at the 15-22 mark of the third period. Brent McKenzie beating Miner on a beautiful slap shot from Vela and Hillman. And it's 4-4. And then we go to overtime. Okay. So in overtime in this game tonight, the referee, in my opinion, Put the whistle away. He put it away. There was a couple calls that could have been called for an interference. It could have been called for, you know, it could have been called for uh, uh, a charging. It could have been called for a holding or a tripping, but nothing was called. However, however, Josh Dickinson gets called for a hooking minor. At the 7.55 mark of the first period. Now, if you look at the play, and we've I've looked at this play on the way home from the from the game. I've listened, watched the play again. There is no way that's a hooking call. It's a more of a slashing call, in my opinion. But the official was letting the play happen throughout the game, throughout the overtime period. 
And what happens? Utah capitalizes on the power play. Just 20 seconds into the power play. The number one defenseman in the East Coast Hockey League, Charles Edouan Dehorse, buries it past Billy Christopoulos. And at the 8-12 mark of overtime tonight, the fish fall to the Utah Grizzlies by a score of 5-4. to four. Tardif gets the assist from Luke Martin on the power play. And it was a, you know, it was a call that could have been either way, but the officiating was terrible. Watson was very upset at the bench. I can understand that. That was a terrible call yet again and yet again. Officiating! Officiating! Has ruined again another walleye game. We've had three in the first round. It was pretty clean in the second round. And tonight, yet again, the fish get screwed and get gobbled up by the Grizzlies by a score of 5-4 to four in this game. Three stars of the game. Dylan Freeze was the number three star for the Utah Grizzlies. The number two star was Brett McKenzie. Having a good outing for him. And the number one star was Charles Aaron DeRos. And he used to be he used to be a walleye 2019-2020, folks. So, again, former fish kills the, wa- kills the walleye tonight. Number one defenseman used to be a part of the walleye itself. Shots on goal in the game went in favor of the walleye at 39 shots to Utah's 34. On the power play, Utah was one for two. Toledo one for three on the power play. Trent Miner. Stopping 35 of 39. His save percentage is a .924 for Billy Christopoulos in the game. He stopped 29 of 34. His save percentage is a .934. So a good outing for that. Like I said, 8,373 in attendance. Two hours and 51 minutes took to play the game tonight at the Bank Tank. Happening, by the way. And the referee is John Linder. John Linder was the head referee who called the play on the penalty on Josh Dickinson. And I I was just absolutely floored by this. This game was absolutely terrible. It was a clean game. And here's the thing, what worries me the most about this series, okay? This is what worries me the most. Utah is a dominated team that plays solid, great defense. And Toledo is a high-powered offense. Toledo tonight, in the first period, ran into the buzzsaw that is the defensive side of Utah. Now, Utah has played played Monday. They have been off, they've been off since Monday when they clinched the, division, the, clinched the Western Conference or the Mountain Division. And now these two teams are playing in the Western Conference Championship game. But in my opinion, this game was dominated by Utah for the start. And Toledo was playing from behind most of this game. They were playing from behind most of this game, no matter what it was. As soon as Toledo would get an opportunity, an opportunity to jump onto the score and take the lead, they would let Utah back into this game. And they let them back into this game wholeheartedly. 
And I am absolutely, you know, floored by that. Absolutely floored by that. And if we want to be better, we have to play our game. Toledo has to play their game from start to finish. They cannot play with Utah because they are going to get bitten by Utah this entire series. Absolutely bitten by Utah in this game. I mean, you look at it in all aspects. The walleye roster, to me, was absolutely, you know, was, it was, we'll look at the plus minuses really quick. Hensick, even at zero. Minus was Barry at minus two. Curry, minus two. And Curry, you know, the defensive side of the puck was just absolutely atrocious. They will get, they're looking to pass that puck into the neutral zone. Into the neutral zone. They can't do that. Because Utah is putting two defenders into that zone and deflecting that puck. And another thing I got to say right now, and I know I'm probably going to get chastised for this, you have to put the, you have to play perimeter hockey against Utah. You play neutral zone hockey for, for Wheeling because Wheeling was baited for that. Cincinnati was playing, you were playing neutral zone hockey for the first two games. You were capitalizing in game two, and you definitely didn't capitalize in game three. So to me, to me, the thing is this. You have to play perimeter hockey and not pass it into the center. You have a forward out there in the front, a defenseman out front. That's perfectly fine to get the tip in or to take the shot if once the puck goes on net. You play perimeter around the net, and you're going to score. You put the puck on the net, and you win. You have to put the puck on the net and win. Every shot that they took in the game was going wide. They were looking for the tip. They were looking for somebody to get them. And they pass it too much. They pass it way too much. Um, like I said, uh, Meyer minus one. Albert was a plus one. Vela was a plus one. That's a great side to see. Ryan Lowry was a minus one. A lot of zeros on the board for Gri- for the Grizzlies tonight. Like I said, Charles Eron Del Rose minus one. However, he was a minus three going into the overtime period and scores. He goes down to a minus one because he got the game winning goal. So keep that in mind. Dakota Reby, a three. Penner, a three. Plus three. Freeze, a plus three. Fizzer, a minus one. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this is all going to shake out and and how this game is going to go on. But John Linder really dominated this overtime period by not by calling a bad call into the end of the third into the end of this overtime in the beginning of the middle of the overtime period. And when he did that, he inserted himself into this game. And you cannot insert yourself in the game when you're not calling penalties throughout the throughout the game itself. Now, if it was blatantly obvious, if it happened right in front of you, then yeah, call it. 
but the play was away from the puck, and he calls it. It's not the way. It's not the way it goes. It is not the way it goes, and it's it, it's just it, it just shows you it just shows you how it just is, you know. It just shows you that you can't have an official inserting himself into this game, no matter what, no matter what the situation is. Plain and simple. But we have to dust ourselves off, and we got to get back out there. Now, I will say this. Prior to puck drop this evening, there was a video that was played over the, over the scoreboard as well as over the PA system. And it was Dan Watson with Auden Hirschfeld. And they were talking about the incidents that have happened the last two series with Cincinnati and Wheeling about fans throwing stuff onto the ice whether, but throwing, and throwing stuff into players' benches. They accept that, that they're going to throw fish out on there and a hats for hat trick, but they don't want anything to happen into the, into the players' bench. Plain and simple. Plus, they want to end the negative chanting about the opposition's goaltender. And I totally agree. I think we need to stop doing that. We honestly need to stop doing that. We need to stop doing the, you know, we could, he could, they could say that, you know, the opposition goaltender, you know, sucks. But there's no need to talk about the, the physical action that's going to be taking place and talking about their such and such mothers or sisters. It's not needed for that. It's absolutely not needed for that. Plain and simple. Not needed for that at all. But you can't, you can't, you can't fix, you can't fix this because it's ingrained with whatever is in the stands. Like the entire time that they were doing that to Minor tonight, to Trevor Minor, excuse me, to Trent Minor, I was just, I was sticking my hand up at the end of the, end of the, them saying that, you know, he sucks because we need to stop with, after the other, other quotes. It, it, it's just as it is. It's just as it is. And we need to fix this as a walleye fans. We need to fix this as 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 a as a a team, and the organization needs to fix this too. Okay, and I am just absolutely floored by the outpouring of support that this team is getting this year. I mean, we have sold out every playoff game so far. I mean, we look at what has what Wheeling's attendance was. We look at what Cincinnati's attendance was. We don't know yet what Utah's attendance is going to be yet, but we know that they filled their building up pretty well. But we have to dust ourselves off after this loss tonight, and we have to get back into the swing of things with the 5-4 loss tonight as the Fish fall to the Utah Grizzlies and are down one game to nothing over the Utah Grizzlies. But we can bounce back from this. We will have to bounce back from this wholeheartedly. On the other side of the bracket, of course, we have the Florida Everblades traveling up to Newfoundland this evening to take on the Growlers. And another overtime game took place tonight in the East Coast Hockey League as the Florida Everblades go into the beautiful confines of the Mary Brown Center and they beat in overtime the Newfoundland Growlers tonight 4-3 to as it started off with the Growlers jumping out to an early 1-0 lead three minutes and 16 seconds into the period as Tyler Bolin getting 
a goal from Ben Frickenstein on the power play, making it a one nothing Newfoundland lead. But then at the and that was what the score was after 20 minutes of play. Florida then ties the game at the 16:09 mark of the second period as James Jermeko on the power play capitalizes with the assist on by Dylan Van Reek, Van Der Reek on a shorthanded goal, making it a 1-1 game so far. And then Jordan Sandbrook getting a goal, getting a 2-1 lead for the Everblades from John McCron and Dylan Van East. After 40 minutes of play, Florida was up 2-1 on the Newfoundland Growlers. But then the Growlers come back as James Medley getting his goal from Gordon Green at the 5-19 mark of the third period, making it a 2-2 game. But then right back, Came the Everblades as Derek Angley getting his goal from Macron and Winkley at the 6.35 mark of the third period, making it a 3-2 Everblades lead. The Growlers then capitalized at the 13.43 mark of the third period on the power play as Ryan Shalotsky getting his goal from Gordy Green and Noah Holfire on the power play at the 13.43 mark of the third period. Tying the game, forcing overtime, and then in overtime, Zach Sarlo on the power play yet again. Referees inserting themselves into the overtime periods tonight in both ECHL hockey games, inserting themselves at the 440 at the 440 mark of the period, at the 447 mark, excuse me, at the 303 mark of the period, at the 407 47 mark of the period. Zach Solo. Buries it on the power play from John McCrone and the Everblades get the 4-3 win at the Mary Brown Center. And Shalowski actually did it to himself. He threw the puck out of play, causing Florida to score on the power play. Florida. Jumps out to an early 1-0 lead in the series against the Newfoundland Growlers in the series. Three stars, Zach Slogan, the number one star, Gordy Green, the number two star, John McCrone, the number three star. In the game, shots on goal went in favor of Newfoundland 36-34. Florida 1-for-5 on the power play. Newfoundland 2-for-3 on the power play this evening. Cam Johnson for the Everblades, stopping 33 of 36, a save percentage of a .950. It was Kevin Persisley for the Growlers, stopping 30 of 34. His save percentage of a point, 9 to 5. 4,416 in attendance at the Mary Brown Center. Three hours and four minutes took to play the game at Mary Brown Center. Noel Boiler was the referee. Jack Young was also the referee. Chad Fuller and Christopher Williams was the linesman this evening. So the... Games in the East Coast League are now all finished. We get back to tomorrow night. Game two for the Fish will take place. 7.35 puck drop. It will be the Fish and the Grizzlies. Game two in Newfoundland will be Sunday, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one this evening. So that is going to be very interesting to see the least as you are listening to all Andy Elford this evening and watching all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the podcast this evening, as well as on Facebook Live tonight. Want your opinion on what you saw tonight at the Huntington Center as at the Bank Tank as the fish fall this evening by a score of 5-4. to four. Other news and notes around the NHL for you also this evening. You have the fish besides uh, the East Coast games. East NHL is still going on as we speak. And the NHL looks like this tonight. The Hurricanes getting the 2-0 win over the Rangers and taking a commanding 2-0 lead going into MSG this week. Right now, end of the first period right now, the Calgary Flames are up 2-1 on the Edmonton Oilers. Last night, of course, you saw the shocking episode that took place at BBT BBT Center in Sunrise, Florida. As the Tampa Bay Lightning take a 2-0 series lead in the Battle of Florida. The 2-1 win over the Florida Panthers. The series is tied at one game apiece as the St. Louis Blues jumped out to a 4-1 win over the Colorado Avalanche. So there's those. Uh, tomorrow night's games will be only one game on the docket in the NHL tomorrow night. 8 o'clock puck drop. Colorado is in St. Louis to battle the Blues. Sunday there will be three games. 1.30 puck drop in Tampa Bay. It'll be Florida and Tampa. 3.30 puck drop on ESPN. By the way, the 1.30 puck drop will be on TNT. 3.30. Will be the Florida will be the Carolina Hurricanes traveling to MSG to battle the New York Rangers. It will also be Calgary in Edmonton, eight o'clock puck drop on ESPN two for Game Three of that series. By the way, all those games are also going to be on Hockey Night in Canada on CBC as well. As I take a drink of this new seltzer that I have, it's a Bud Light seltzer, tropical cocktail hour, tropical punch. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, some news and notes around the NHL for you, of course, tonight. Uh, Rick Bonus has resigned as head coach of the Dallas Stars. That was announced on Friday. Uh, looks like it's going to be... Uh, looks like... Uh, the big news, of course, the big news, of course, was... Jonas Corposalo is staying with the Blue Jackets. Now, that is a big key piece for the Jackets in their goaltending side. He signs a one-year contract with the Union Blue. The financial terms have not been disclosed. However, the 28-year-old goaltender was 7-11-0 with a 4.15 goals against average. His save percentage was a .887. In 22 games with the Jackets this year, he would become an unrestricted free agent on the 13th of July. But, however, Corpusello missed the final 17 games of the season with hip surgery and is expected to need six months to recover. He should be ready to go by training camp time. Ryan Gitzlap, uh, P.K. Subban, and Brendan Nurse, Daryl Nurse, have all been named for the King Clancy Trophy as well. So there is that for you guys right there as you are listening at, that's the nhl news notes passed along to you of course as you are listening to a special edition of all andy elver post game edition as the fish fall tonight to the utah grizzlies by a score of five to four uh of course the tigers were in action tonight they lost six to one to the guardians uh, they'll get back at it tomorrow evening 
Also got to make mention of this. The Reds were on the road this week this weekend. They are in the beautiful city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. They took on the Blue Jays tonight and fell to the Blue Jays by a score of 2 to 1. Other scores from around Major League Baseball this evening as we have games going on right now. It is the A's up 3-2 on the Angels. It is the Padres up 4-3 on the Giants right now. Diamondbacks beat up on the Cubs tonight 10-6. It was the Pirates falling to the Cardinals by a score of 5-3. Braves a 5-3 win over the Marlins. You have the Orioles a 6-3-6-8 win over the Rays. You have the Dodgers a 4-1 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. Boston a 7-3 win over the Seattle Mariners. The Battle of Texas as the Texas Rangers jump out to an early lead with their 3-0 win over the Houston Astros, the Cheaters, of course. The Twins a 6-4 win over the Royals. You have the Brewers beating up on the Nationals 7-0. The White Sox and Yankees were postponed, and the Mets and Rockies were postponed as well. And they're getting snow out in Denver this week, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, tomorrow will be Fido on the hill for Detroit. He's 0-1 with a 2.87 ERA. He'll take on Shane Bieber, who is 1-2 with a 3.72 ERA. 6-10 first pitch for that one. And then at Rogers Center at 3.07, it will be Hunter Green, 1-6 with a 6.21 ERA. Taking on Malo, who is 4-1 with a 1.71 ERA. A double dip in the Bronx tomorrow, as it will be the Yankees and the the Yankees and the White Sox tomorrow. It'll be Keiko on the hill, 2-3 with a 5.54 ERA. It will take on Cortez, who's 2-1 with a 1.35 ERA right there. So there's your MLB news, MLB scoreboard around the league. Of course, the news to pass along to you. Um, anything new to pass along to you guys here? Pass along to you. Fortunately, we lost Roger Aguilar, Hall of Fame writer, has passed away at the age of 101 years of age. Uh, doubleheader, by the way, will be Sunday for the White Sox and Yankees. And there will be a twin bill tomorrow for the Mets and the Rockies in, in Boulder. So there is that for you. Also, got to make mention of this as well. The Got to make mention of this as well tonight. As the PGA Championship takes place this weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As the PGA Tour is crowning their champion. Of course, Tiger Woods makes the cut. I am very happy to see that. Very happy to see that. Tiger makes the cut this weekend. And I'll be watching a lot of a little bit of golf. I mean, the weather weather's nice here in northwest Ohio. A little warm tonight. As we're doing this podcast at 11.41 at night as well as on Facebook Live. Um, give you the updates right now for the PGA that's taking place. As it is right now in the PGA Tour right now. It's Will Zalatoris on the top spot at 9 under par. Mito Pereira is at 8 under par in second place. Justin Thomas is in third at 6 under par. Bubba Watson is in fourth at 5 under par. Davis Riley is in fifth spot at 4 under par right now. Uh, Rory McIlroy tied for fifth at 4 under par. Archer 
is four under par as well. Stuart Sink is three under par, tied for eighth with Mika Fitzpatrick, who's three under par. Uh, Gary Woodland is two under par, tied for tenth with Burns, who's two under par. Smith, who's two under par. And Young, who's two under par, as well as Hatton, that's two under par as well, too. Matt Kuchar is also two under par as well. Patrick Reed, one under par, tied for 17th with Seward Sink. I mean, with uh, Hora and Winsberger, as well as Gooch and Neiman, all at one under par. The cut line today was four over par, and Tiger Woods makes the cut. At three over par. He will tee off tomorrow morning at 9.30. He'll play in the same group with with Norris. As well as, let's see here, 9.30 tee time. It'll be him and Norris teeing up at 9.30. Webb Simpson, four over par. Colin Morcora, four over par. Hat. Adwin, four over par as well. Schwartzel, four over par. Ushazen, four over par as well, too. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is four over par as well. Jason Day, three over par. Uh, Shane Laurie, two over par. Brooks Kepka, two over par uh, as well. John Rahm, two over par as well. And Tommy Fleetwood, one over par as well. McIntyre, one over par. Shifley, one over par. As well as Jordan Spieth. Is one over par, and Justin Rose is one over par as well. To even par right now is Hostler, Hodge, Aris, Hovland, and Power, as well as Fox as well. They are all even par. No action taking place this weekend in the in the LPGA. The LPGA is off this week. They'll get ready to take on the course coming forward. As well, uh, NBA news to pass along to you. Of course, tonight has gone final. The Warriors a one twenty six one seventeen win over the over the Dallas Mavericks, and Golden State takes a two zero series lead to Dallas. And their game three will be Sunday. That tip a nine p.m. tip off for that one tomorrow eight thirty tip off on ABC as it is the series that tied at one game apiece between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. That will take place at TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And, uh, yeah, that's about pretty much it. That recaps everything for you tonight right here on All Andy Offer, the special post-game edition of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back on the air tomorrow night for Game 2's post-game edition of the podcast. We will recap everything from Game 2. Hopefully the fish jump out and win this one. Uh If you have any comments, questions about the podcast, please feel free to post it underneath our Facebook Live show tonight, as well as on our Twitter account. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. We'll have a special post-game edition, Game 2 edition of the podcast tomorrow night, right here from the Man Cave Studios here in Toledo, Ohio. So until then, this is Andy Alfred saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home and to my teams, go Jackets. Come on, Walleye. Let's jump out to a tying the series up. And let's not have officiating insert themselves in this series. Looking at you, ECHL. Go Reds, go Tigers, and go Guardians. Go Hens. And remember to hit them straight.
Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and your Saturday morning, of course, as we are now about 10 minutes away from midnight, Saturday. Until then, I'm Andy Alford saying I love you guys. Talk to you guys then. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. And on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor.